So I want to get started with our class this afternoon and tell you a little bit about what we're doing. Okay, obviously you already know this is a class about journaling. But specifically what we're going to be talking about is not just journaling in general, but journaling with a purpose. Because everything that we are doing here this week is not just a frivolous, well, it's just random stuff that we just kind of put together with no thought. All of the classes, as you have already picked up on, they have a purpose, right? And as Christians, as believers in Christ and in God, we all the things that we are doing are not haphazard. They're things we are doing with a purpose, okay? Now, when we start talking about journaling, there are so many different ways that you could go with it and really, really cool things that you can do with journaling. So I want to ask you first what your experiences have been with journaling, what types of journaling have you either done or been aware of, just to kind of get a variety of the different styles of journaling that's out there. So who can tell me any kind of journaling that you've been interested in? Holly? I've done bullet journaling and daily journaling. Okay, so bullet journaling and daily journaling. And what was your goal with those types of journals? Trying to keep up with habits and like, we, my mom and I did journaling where we would list what we ate and how much we ate so that we wouldn't eat as much because it made us uncomfortable to write down how much we ate. Okay, wonderful. So a lot of your goals is creating better habits and trying to improve lifestyle. Okay, wonderful. All right, what else? Julia? I would do bullet journaling and I would do like mood tracking and I would do like practicing my handwriting. Yeah, okay. So do you do like calligraphy kind of handwriting or okay, very nice. Okay. So very similar to what Holly has done. Are there any other types of journaling that anyone's done? Yes. Whenever I was younger, my therapist thought of an idea where I would like take my negative emotions and make them positive. Okay, so you did a style of journaling that dealt with your emotions and kind of processing that and trying to figure out how to do that and see it in a positive light and not just the obvious negative. Okay, great. All right, any other examples that you guys know? And it doesn't have to be ones that you've done personally, but just journals that you know about. Any other examples come to mind that haven't been mentioned? Okay, I don't know if any of, oh, yes. Um, well, I did this one too, but it was kind of a smaller journal, just mm -hmm. like swatches of different things and just kind of, just for fun. Oh, neat. Okay, so just trying out different types of art mediums, but in pens specifically. And hand lettering. Oh, okay. Nice. Cool. So like an artistic uh, style of journal. Okay, so you've got nature journaling, you've got travel journals, you've got experience journals, you've got, uh, oh, has anyone done stream of consciousness? I feel like probably a lot of you have done that without even knowing it. And basically all it is, is you just write whatever comes to your mind. There doesn't have to be a rhyme or reason to it. It's just getting whatever is up here out. Okay, so stream of consciousness journaling is a thing. I want to share with you my journaling experience um, because I am a weird kid, or I was a weird kid, now I'm just a weird adult. It's not as cute when you grow up, I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. But when I was a kid, I loved words. I mean, like that, words were just exciting to me. I was the one who would watch Aladdin and not because I just love the story plot or anything. 
No, I had my notebook with me and I wanted to write all the really cool words that I didn't know and I never heard and I thought would be really cool to use in my own writing. Yeah, like, at, you know, eight or nine. So that's the kind of kid I was, right? So when I got to be probably nine or 10, I started keeping my first journal. Have any of you read Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day? Anybody familiar with that? Okay, so half of you know, and well, actually not even half. Okay, so Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day is one of my favorite books because I related. So what he did in that story is it was just one day in this kid's life, but it was pretty much the worst day for a kid ever. He woke up, there was gum in his hair, and his brother forgot to make sure that he had his clothes like I mean it was just all these one terrible tragedy after the other and that was the entire book and then at the end I mean it's not gotten any better like his light night light went out and I mean it's just the worst so at the end of the book he was like my mom tells me he said in it, it, well let me say in part different parts of the story he would say, I'm gonna to move to Australia. You know, like, it's just like, I'm out, I'm done, you know? And I'm sure all of y'all have had those kind of days where it's just like, this day is the worst. Well, anyway, at the end, he says to his mom, you know, I'm gonna to move to Australia. And she says, well, there are still bad days in Australia. <laughs> it wasn't even like, oh, it'll get better tomorrow. It's like, yes, this happens, kid. So anyway, my journals, when I started out when I was nine or 10, they were very much like Alexander in the Terrible Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. And I would write things like, oh, I cannot believe that Susie didn't want to sit by me at lunch. And it's just ridiculous that no one wanted to have dessert with me after school. And I mean, it was just like, it was traumatic in my world, but it was not the most productive of journaling. Let me just say that. So, how do we approach our journaling so that we don't just bleh. I mean, there is helpfulness to bleh, but it's gotta come to a good place at the end, right? Not just, yeah, blah happens to everybody. Well, that's true. However, have you read Psalms? I know you have. Do you remember some of the Psalms where David would go through an incredibly, legitimately horrible circumstance. He is running for his life. And the enemies are literally upon him. And Lord, why won't you hear me cry out? But then where does he go? I know you will save me because I have put you on my holy hill. So what a difference it makes from someone who does not have a spiritual grounding and foundation to someone like David who says yes these troubles are re real these are true difficulties but I know who to take them to because I know who can handle them right so my hope in this class this morning is to walk through building a journal for you to do here and this be something that you can work on and grow and make it your own. And then once you've got it like you like it, make it Instagram worthy. <laughs>
I don't mean put it on Instagram. What I mean is don't worry about that while we're working on it today. This is what I called, what my elementary school called sloppy copy. So I don't want, like, Holly is already showing out, okay? Don't look at Holly, all right? Ignore the pretty. I'm gonna make her not use her beautiful things and just make it functional and then later she can make it gorgeous because it's just gonna make me jealous. All right, so the first thing we need to do is to create a structure and the way that I have done this is to focus on the benefits of journaling. Have you ever considered that? Some of the benefits of journaling, some things that are pros about journaling. If you have, I would love for you to share some of those things with you before I kind of walk through my top four. What has been helpful to you about journaling? Yes. Like I did it over the summer. I did one over the summer, and I I have sleep problems, and so I couldn't sleep. And either I would bore myself to death, or I would work on it so hard that my eyes would get tired and I would sleep. Or just it's kind of sad because I would just use it as a time filler yeah. instead of doing something productive. But at no. the same time, it was like if we weren't doing anything, it was kind of nice to just sit down, be by yourself, and kind of work. So there are several things in there that I heard as benefits. Number one, it allows your brain to calm down, to be able to switch off when it's time to rest, and to have a place where you can put things down safely and not have to continue to work through it in your mind, okay? That is a huge benefit in journaling, okay? And it is so helpful and healthy for your brain to have those moments of quiet and attention to where you can sort through things. Because otherwise, what happens if that all stays right up here? Does anybody know? I'm going to use a term that I assume everyone in here is familiar with. Has anyone heard of the word anxiety? Anyone not heard of or not familiar with anxiety? Do you know what anxiety is or you heard the term? Okay, I just didn't hear it. See you nod. I'm like, okay, well, I want to make sure we are all on the same page. So we all know what anxiety is. Why do we, what is one of the reasons, there are multiple, but what is one of the reasons why we deal with a lot of anxiety. Pressure from our peers. Okay, there's peer pressure. What else? Yes. Everyday life has its own worries and you can worry about tomorrow, the next week, the next month, things like that. And there, it can be no end to that. Right, the overwhelm of things that are beyond us, but we know they're coming, so we're going to wring our hands, right? Excellent. And I know she didn't, but it, it seems like she looked on my outline and she's jumping ahead to scripture we're going to go to, but no, that's very well put, very well put. What other anxiety-producing things are there in your life or the life of your peers in general? You have mentioned negative emotions. Do you know, are there some things that, are those things that would produce some anxiety? Negative emotions. Yeah. I mean, 
not only that, but as Lexi Joe was pointing out just a moment ago, how many things does it take for us to get overwhelmed? Is it just a little bit? Or is it feel like it's a lot? Yeah. But when we are able to use a tool like journaling, it forces our brain to not just say, oh, it's so much and it's so overwhelming, but to piece by piece start taking things out and dealing with them one at a time. I will tell you from experience, and I don't know if any of you have this kind of response. I don't know if it happens when you become a mother or some of you are maybe born with this. I was, I, it did not happen to me until I was a mother. But when I walk into a room, like let's say it's my living room, and there are toys on the floor, there's blankets everywhere, pillows are off the couch, and you know, somebody's supper from last night or whatever. It's too much, you know, and I just see a mess. I don't see, okay, no problem. Let me get the kids some toys, let me get the, it's not until I start working with those things one at a time and I start picking up and handling one thing at a time that I'm like, okay, it's, I, I don't have to go back to bed, <laughs> you know, because it's just this massive mess. Okay, same thing with our internal struggles. It's just a massive mess until we deal with them one at a time, right? And then can put them in proper order. So that's another thing that you guys both mentioned is bullet journaling. And that's something that I've seen over and over and over is the organization, right? Like I'm not, I don't know, are you an or, uh, naturally organized person? No. Are you? I would imagine you are. You seem like organized. You seem like gotta work on it. That's me. I feel ya not a naturally organized person. My mother could tell you, don't ask her, she'll tell embarrassing stories, and I don't want that. But it is something that helps. It helps those of us who are labeled more creative and like, you know, woo, all the spontaneity. Well, our world is chaos if we don't give it some organization and order, right? But for the organization and order people, it helps also for you to be able to see oh, it's not just about the organization. It also needs to be about very important things like my relationships, first and foremost with God, but also with other people. How are they? Are they healthy? And when you are journaling, that can help make those things obvious. Okay. All right, so here are my top four um, benefits to journaling. The first thing is focus, okay? We've already kind of touched on this, but have you ever noticed, has anybody done any scripture writing? Yes, yes, okay, good, excellent. Have you noticed if you do scripture writing, how much you have to focus? Because you may think, you may go through a familiar passage and go, oh, I know what it says, I'll just go ahead and start writing it down. But if you make yourself look you have to pay attention to every word and it gets a little deeper, right? So there have been so many studies. It's ridiculous. I don't know why they keep doing studies like we've already proven this, but when you write, do you need something? Yes, that's okay. Yeah, if that's something you need to take care of. Okay, no, go right ahead. And Madison, you're gonna escort her, good. Okay. 
So when you are um, writing down, and I don't mean that kind of writing, okay? But actually paper and pen or pencil or whatever, when you do that, there is something about that process that forces your brain to think through things that if you just spoke it, it doesn't have to do. It makes it work harder. And it makes it really pay attention to what you are actually thinking. Because that is, I mean, I don't know if you remember in elementary school, wasn't that kind of a difficult process? Like a teacher comes in and says, hey, you need to write a summary on, you know, whatever you just read, okay? That is a challenging thing for kids to do because not only are you having to relay something back, but you're having to process through what are the proper words that need to be used to relay this message back, okay? So focus is my first benefit. Records. Recording is the second benefit. Why in the world would that be beneficial? Having a written record of something. Yes? It's something that you can look back to and well, if you're younger when you do it, you can look at that bad attitude or if you have one and then see how not to be that or mm -hmm. something you need to change or maybe if you had a good attitude when you were younger see maybe I need to be more like that yes so it's a way to examine things out of the middle of the emotions of whatever is presently going on right so in my example of how I used to journal as a kid getting started and all the emotions that were being dealt with there so in the middle of all that could I see what was going on no. I mean, all I could see was the hurt and the, you know, all the feelings, right? So, one of the things that recording does is allows us to see a pattern when we're sane, which is helpful, okay? Now, uh, and you had mentioned trackers. Trackers are great for that because I may think, oh, I did pretty good this month. I didn't do great at all. But if you're recording it, you know for sure where you are. Yes? And it's kind of like what she said. If you did it when you were younger, you can look back and see how much you've improved. Like for me, when I first started, my handwriting was terrible. I mean, that my handwriting in general is not very good, but it's improved a lot from when I was, like last year, I yeah. just started doing it, or the year before. And I mean, I just had terrible handwriting. We could really read it. Yeah. So. And it's so, it is so encouraging when you feel like, I mean, I still don't have great handwriting, but then you go and look back and you're like, oh, it is, it is so much better. Leaps and bounds. Excellent point. Okay. My third uh, benefit is order. I put observe the wrong word, but order. Oh, oh, wow. That was an old copy. I think I have it right over here. Let me turn that around. So, let me ask you this. How many of you are naturally orderly people? All right, my people. I'm so glad you're here. All right, I'm not naturally orderly either, obviously. I could observe when it should have been ordered. Um, so, that's something I need help in. Because 
I do need order. We all do. I know y'all remember the very first thing that you read when you open your Bibles. Okay, where's that? What's that book? The first book. Huh? Say it louder for me. Genesis. Genesis. Okay, so Genesis 1 tells us a really amazing thing. It tells us several amazing things. But the picture of what is going on there, I want you to walk through that in your mind one more time. Okay? We start off, and the first thing that is said in Genesis 1-1 is God... Come on, y'all. Y'all know it. Speak it up. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then it's full stop. And then verse 2, you back it up. Whoa, how did that happen? And he explains. So you've got the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the deep. God comes up. Is there any order that he sees? There's no order. What is the first thing that he does? Light. Let us shine some light on the situation and be able to focus on what we're about to do. Okay. Then, the next thing he does, okay, I've got light and I need to separate out the darkness. Okay. You are two separate entities. Now, let me take the water below and separate it from the water above. Now we've got a firmament. Okay. Now, down here, what are we going to do? We're going to separate the waters from the waters, right? And we're going to create seas so that what can come up? The dry land, right? And the plants and all that is good from there. Now let me make sure that these plants have the proper seasons. I'm going to place the stars and name each one. And we're going to start rotating the universe in its proper order. Alright, now that that's taken care of, Time to get life in the sea, life in the air, and then on the sixth day, life on the land. And then his most precious creation, mankind. How beautiful that God begins with showing us that he is a God of order. Now, this is one of the Big, what a, a very important for me uh, benefits of journaling because I am not naturally that way but I, I need to be to some degree because I need to be like my creator right and that phrase and I and Miss Joycelyn has probably said it I don't know how many times, and so many others, and they're wise to say it, but I did not appreciate it when I was young. A place for everything, and everything in its place. And I thought, that's the stupidest thing. Just put things, just throw down. Well, I found out what happens when I throw down. <laughs> it's not pretty. So it is helpful for us to make sure we've got homes and places for everything. And we're going to walk through that with our journaling. Lastly is meditation. And 
you got this is sort of a buzzword in some circles that it's kind of a hip thing to do is to meditate you know daily or whatever and I don't mean cross your legs throw your fingers together and, and you know into your mind of all the things what I mean is being able to clear enough clutter out of there so that you can meditate, think on the things that you purposefully want to think on, not just whatever comes across your newsfeed, right? So that you can recognize, here's what I actually want to be thinking on. So for me, what I have found in journaling is if I use these benefits to structure my journal, it will get me, y'all look and appreciate, from where I want to be, I mean where I am, to where I want to be. Okay? Now, look at what you wrote, and let's examine that real quick. And this is not a, I'm not asking for a response necessarily, but I do want you to ask these questions in your head as you're looking over your own words, okay? First, what is the focus? Okay, is there a focus? Or is it just random thoughts? Second, what did you record? Like what is the actual stuff that was important enough to you to highlight from your day to record down. Third, is there any order? And I will tell you, my journals were the most random. I mean, I'm sure you could tell from my example that is no exaggeration, like it, zero order when I started. The more I did it, the more I understood that order would be really helpful. Okay. So check that and see if yours is in any kind of order. Now, this last one, and this is super important, and it's a little bit less tangible, so it's kind of harder to answer, but look and see. Is there anything that you wrote down that is worth meditating on from today? Are there any worthy thoughts there that you want to pull out and go, I really want to keep digging on this and keep thinking on this? And I ask that because, girls, I know you know or you already know this, but this week in particular, you've got so much wonderful, you've got so many wonderful resources to be meditating from. We have got singing in the morning that have some amazing thoughts, if we're paying attention to the words. We've got the Bible classes that are obviously worthy of our mind's attention, our thoughts. And then you've just got the relationships here that are really incredible. My sister asked me this morning after the breakfast prayer um, if I was okay, you know, if there's anything specific that kind of got to me, you know, that kind of thing because, you know, I was, was getting a little choked up. And I said, April, it's, it's not anything specific except that when we do weeks like this, 
you cannot help but consider and meditate and be appreciative for the blessings God gives through the support of other righteously minded people. And I know you girls have heard this so many times about, oh, this is so important, make good friendships, make good relationships, make good interactions with the counselors and all that because you'll need it. But I'm telling you, firsthand experience, there will be a day when you go through a difficulty. And you've heard of many difficulties. There's a variety of ways it can come. But whatever it is, if you are purposeful about nurturing godly relationships, you have a solid foundation of God's blessings covering you along with God himself being there for you. And there is nothing that is more valuable in this earth than that of his children being able to reach out and support one another in those tough times. But you have to be purposeful. That's one of the things that Amanda said this morning that I wanted to emphasize is Amanda does not have all these wonderful relationships because they all said, Amanda, I want to be your friend. I just think you're the best and I want to support you. That's not how it happens. Do you know how it happens? I think you do. Amanda said, you are a godly woman. Could we spend time together? Can I, can I walk with you in the mornings? Can we get together next weekend? Y'all know how to do relationships, right? Be selective about who you are doing that with because there is no better group of people than God's people that you can set yourself up with. And I was thinking about this the other night when I went to here for the West Brown and Miss Joycelyn was there and Sarah and the um, Charlie and Robin and uh, there were probably for a few others, but I was just looking around and thinking again, what a blessing. These are God's people, and I'm so thankful to be among them. And I'm sorry, that's a, too much time on that. Okay, now, we're going to go through and look. Those benefits that I just mentioned to you, focus, record, order, meditate, those can be found in any kind of journaling. You do not have to be a... Um, <clears throat> Christian or even spiritually minded to gain those benefits. But we are. So let's look at those spiritual benefits. Okay? Focus. Does anybody know right off Matthew 6, 33 through 34? I know somebody does because she's already alluded to it. So, Lexi Joe, can you tell me again what you said about worry? Um, don't worry because, well, what I said was that there's no end to worry. And if you do worry that you'll, if there's so much stuff that you can worry about that you'll end up just having to not thinking, 
think about it. Otherwise, it'll just overwhelm you in your brain. And okay. That's all. What does our Lord say about that? Don't do it because it isn't going to add a day to your life or keep it to your height. Good. That's a different passage, but very good. Excellent. He did say that. Matthew six thirty three through 34. Can anyone turn to that for me? And, or if you can quote it, I'm happy for you to do that too. Holly, were you about to quote? I know part of it. That's okay. Go ahead and pull it open and read it. Matthew 6, 33 and 34. Okay, read it nice and loud for everybody. You go ahead. Nice and loud. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is his own trouble. Okay. So, right before that, those verses before, if you look up and see what he has said just before that, don't the birds take, aren't the birds taken care of? Aren't the flowers of the field clothed? Do not worry about the details of what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, all the physical things, because God take, will take care of that. And then what does he say right after that? What are we to, I'm putting this in quotes, worry, concern our mind with? To seek first what? The kingdom of God. I don't know how many of you are already thinking in terms of boyfriend, husband, that kind of relationship kind of stuff. But if that is crossing your mind, let me encourage you to refocus on seek first the kingdom of God because if you do that, the boy thing will fall into place. And all the other details, they fall into place because you are focusing on what is the important thing that you can focus on. And this was mentioned in Miss Amy's class about our sphere of influence and how much we actually control. Do you know how much you control? I'm just gonna like, you don't know? Do you control a lot? She said nothing. You do control something, but it is very small, right? You don't control what happens to you. You don't control the environment around you. You do control this. You control what happens to your eternal soul by how you respond to those things, okay? All right. The second one is records. Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 through 9. How many homeschoolers do we have in here? Okay, one, two, all right, three. All right, if you girls don't know it, your mom is getting a call because this is like homeschooling mantra. Deuteronomy 6, it should be familiar, verses 5 through 9. If anyone wouldn't mind reading that aloud, I would appreciate it. Lexi Joe. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets 
between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Okay. What is one reason that record keeping would be important, spiritually speaking, based on that verse? Or those verses, I should say. You can teach them. Yes. Not only is it helpful to you, but who also can it be helpful to? The next generation, right? So one of the conversations I've had this week is with my Aunt Sarah, and one thing that she has said is uh, she wishes that my grandfather would have kept a record of the times that he was in different congregations preaching and how he dealt with any kind of conflict that may have come up. Even the rejoicing things, just the stories of godly people working through difficult things. Because isn't that an encouragement to us? Don't we find that encouragement in scriptures when we read through people's lives? You can provide that. And one way to do that is if you are keeping records and that is passed on to your kids, your grandkids, nieces, nephews, all that good stuff. They learn from that, right? And what a huge benefit that is. And as a quick side note, if you do not write these things down on your heart, on your doorpost, can you teach them to other people? You, you can't teach what you don't have for yourself. So it's a huge benefit from that perspective. Order. Could someone turn to Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1? And if anyone has an idea of what Ecclesiastes might say in regards to order, go ahead and let me know. But otherwise, just turn there, and I'll have somebody read just that one verse. Madison, are you already there? Yes, ma'am. Okay, do you mind reading it aloud? To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. (sighs) Guys, everything has a place and a place has everything. God even told us that. So I shouldn't have been upset when Miss Joyston said it. I never got upset when she said it. Uh, So, have you ever been in a situation where you feel like you are in the middle of a tornado and you don't know which way is up, like emotionally? When we are able to get that out of ourselves so that we can do just as God has done and we can say, okay, first, let me put some light here as a mess. All right? Now, I'm going to move this stuff over here. I'm going to pull this stuff back. That needs to go over there, and that needs to go in this place. Now, can we deal with things? once we start getting things in the proper order yes but until we do that we're still in that tornado and we don't know where the landing is under our feet you know all right lastly is meditation psalm 2 and verse 1 
Miriam, do you have that? Yes, ma'am. Okay, if you'll read that one. Why did the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? I said the wrong thing. I'm sorry. One and verse two. I said the opposite. Chap Psalm one, verse two. Sorry about that. serve us better no now consider what we actually meditate on day and night what are some of those things is it not tomorrow's concerns next month's concerns the big project coming up does this person like me all the different things that are not the law of the Lord but if we make that the priority of meditating day and night on the law of the Lord, will that not help us to be able to discern what's important about these other things that are taking up space in our brain, right? Okay, so I know you are probably wondering, are we ever going to build this journal? And yes, ladies, this is the time. So what I would like for you to do is on this first page that you have written on, could you take two pages where you've got fresh sheet and I want it to look like this. I want it to look like a layout, okay? So flat on your desk. And what we're gonna do is we are going to structure our journal according to the benefits that we've gone through, okay? There's gonna be four sections. And then after we get everything set up, we're gonna go through and add one more layer of application that I stole from Ezra, but we'll get to that after we get these set up, this set up. So the first section is going to be our focus section and it's going to be our labeled and index. So, at the top of both sides of your pages, I want you to put the word index, just at the very top like a title, index. And then to the left side of each of those pages, I want you to write the label pages, or PGS for short, however you wanna do that, but pages right here. And that's going to be on the left side, so maybe outside the red margin would be a good place for that. And then in the middle, content. So I have always enjoyed um, informational books, you know, non-fiction type books, because it gives me the answers of what I'm wanting to know pretty fast. But one of the things that I thought was the most brilliant thing ever was when I was in an elementary school and learned about the table of contents. I mean, opened my whole world. I had no idea until my teacher said, look in the front of your book. And I said, what? I know where everything is now. And it was great because I didn't have to start flipping all the pages. Okay, maybe it's in here. 
So I say this is our focus section because this is going to help you see quickly what you're dealing with in your journal, where exactly it is so you can go right to the page and work through whatever the thing is that you need to work on, okay? All right, flip the page, next layout. The next section is gonna be where we keep our records and that is going to encompass our future plans. So first thing at the top, write future plans on each side. Remember, it needs to be flat. Don't fold up your um, notebook to where you're just one-sided. I want both sides, future plans. Okay. And then what we're gonna do is we are going to list out the months of the year and we're gonna go through an entire year, but we're starting with our month currently, which is July. So there are gonna be six months on each side. July, August, September, October, November, December is on one side. On the other side, January, February, March, April, May, June. So you see how it's one full year from today. Yes. Do we need to like double space? Yes. Make sure you've got some space in between each month. Okay. So I just eyeball, but people like my sweet Holly, she will count it out and divide it, which is great. It'll be more accurate that way. Good. Anybody else have, I think everybody looks like they have it. Also, later, if you find out there wasn't enough space, whatever, sloppy copy, rip it out, do it over, no big deal. Can I get a different marker? Mine's not really Absolutely. Good. Here, I'll just bring it to you. I want you to flip the page again. We've got another layout. This is going to be our order section. This is where we take the chaos and create calm. These are our collections. So all you have to do on this is write the title on each page. Collections, collections. That's it. That's all you have to do. So the collections comes into two different categories. One is gonna be what Holly, the kind of thing that Holly was referencing earlier, different things that you might wanna track. Those are called growth collections. So things that you want to start new habits on, things that you might want to stop bad habits on, you know, all those kinds of things that have to do with, I wanna keep a record of how I'm doing in, you know, whatever that growth area is. 
I'm going to get, tell you about that with a big fat warning label. Are you ready? Because I need your attention on this and I don't want you to miss it. If you are doing a growth collection, it is so vitally important that you do not look at something like health. We'll take that example and say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go for a 30 minute walk. I'm going to drink eight hours, eight uh, glasses of water. I am going to make sure I go to sleep on time. I'm also going to make sure that I get all my fruits and vegetables and a protein. It's too much. Okay. It's too too much. So here's my warning label. If you're doing a growth collection, yes, that's great. Do it small. Choose one thing. Poco a poco. Little by little. And I think it is incredible. Have you noticed this about God's wisdom? That he had in so many different ways tries to teach us this. When he took the children of Israel up to the promised land, do you remember how he did it? He didn't immediately throw them into war, did he? No. One step at a time. And we've got to build those little muscles first before we take on more challenges. And I don't know how it is with you but I know for myself, I can get very caught up in, I'm going to change this body tomorrow. And then what happens in two weeks? Uh, this body's good enough. I'm not going to worry about it. Right? And also, some of you have the temptation of YouTube, Pinterest, uh, Instagram, TikTok, of all the amazing things that other people are doing. May I also just say, turn the junk off, please. Just, please. Just take a, unplug, take a break from it. Especially if you're working on growth in yourself. Because it is too tempting to see someone else growing so fast. And then you got extra things you got to work through. Okay? That's my grainy summer coming out. All right, so growth, our growth uh, collections are great, but do them one at a time. So along with that, take one growth, growth collection, do it for a week, see how that goes. If it goes great and you feel like, okay, I think I can add another growth collection, sure, after a week. Do not add more than one a week, please. Okay? All right. The other kind of collection is uh, sort of a seemingly boring collection, and um, that's like stuff you have to do, projects and whatever, those kind of collections. The other fun thing that you can do in collections are hobbies. Some of you are artistic, you've already mentioned that. Some of you like nature, nature journals are great. Anything you enjoy, that would go in this collection, and you're putting an order to it, okay? All right, last section, turn it over. This section is the meditation section, and this section is just called 
daily. So at the top, just write daily on each side. What you're going to be putting in your daily is what it sounds like, the daily. So there's a couple of things that I personally use this for, and here's what they are. So every day I have goals of, you know, stuff I want to do, right? I never put more than three. Ever, 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 ever. Okay. So I put three of my very top, here's, here's what I really hope happens today. Okay. The other part of the daily is after the day is done or at night, you go and look and say, now, what important things happened in the day that I want to remember? And it will be different for everybody, okay? So what is important to Holly that happened in a day is going to be different from what happened to Lexi Joe in a day, okay? You're going to highlight different things, and that's okay. You highlight what is important to you and helpful to you. So that when you look at that, then you've got something to work on in preparation for the next day. Okay, like what did get done, what didn't get done, how the day went in general. Okay, we're gonna go into that in just a little more detail in just a second. All right, now, here's what we're gonna do, very last, go all the way back to your index. And I'm gonna tell you very quickly that my, this is my Ezra method of application. So has anybody started a journal and then they kind of burnt out and like it went to the wayside and then you wanted to get back into it or anything like that? Has anybody experienced that? Yeah. Okay. Um, very common and very normal and I've started, I've lost track of how many times I've started and stopped journals, you know. But a lot of that is, what, uh, there's a few reasons for that, I think. One is being over ambitious. Like, Journaling an hour every day is just not in my repertoire right now, not my season of life, okay? So I don't need it to be that ambitious. Number two, I mean, it was either a hobby journal or something that like I get interested in and get in, I don't, you know, that kind of stuff, okay? So with this application, the thing that has been helpful to me is this has made this for me a journal that has the purpose of overall growth not just like in one area and the where I got that from is from a an outline that I saw in Ezra chapter 7 so I'll read this aloud to you you may turn there and read along or just listen you all know who Ezra is so I won't go through that because Miss Jane has covered that but Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10 gives us three things that Ezra did Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, to do it, and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. So in other words, he did three things. Let me pause this for just a moment. 